Hello and welcome to the PLYMC's Library Anywhere podcast, where we discuss books, programs, and all things library related in Youngstown and Mahoning County. Hello and welcome back to our podcast. I'm Mallory. And I'm Rhonda. And in case you didn't know, today, November the 8th, is National STEAM Day. And to celebrate, we're going to be talking about STEAM, which stands for Science, Technology, Engineering, Art, and Math. And also, we have a special guest joining us today, Aaron Femster, who is the Director of Youth Services and Programming here at the library. Welcome, Aaron. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here with you guys. We are happy to have you. So to get started, I would like to define STEAM. Rhonda kind of touched on it, but you've probably heard of STEM, which is science, technology, engineering, and math. STEAM adds A for the arts and their influence on STEM learning. So a major feature of STEAM learning is that it centers on integrating multiple subjects, where traditional subject learning is often uh, what they call siloed in education, meaning each subject is taught separately, like doing times tables worksheets for a math class. So a famous example illustrating STEAM would be Leonardo da Vinci's drawings for his inventions. So he was using STEM fields to design and plan his inventions, but he was using art to express his designs. And following that, a lot of artistic works actually do require scientific and mathematical thinking, like composing a piece of music. Something I found interesting is that a study out of Michigan State University found that the highest level scientists, like Nobel laureates, were much more likely than other scientists to have artistic hobbies like poetry and painting. So ultimately, integrating art into STEM encourages creativity, and that in turn can help with some of the core traits of STEM learning, like the design process. So Mallory, this uh, type of integrated approach to learning, it basically, I guess you could say, it introduces the fundamental concepts and skills for problem solving. And as you mentioned, um, thinking creatively, and it also provides opportunities for being innovative. So STEAM helps with connecting uh, the interest of kids in a way so that it connects between skills and applications. And so ultimately, this type of learning prepares kids for the real world. And as you know, um, we've heard of STEAM and we're used to it being taught in schools as an educational approach to learning, but libraries are also fundamental in providing STEAM learning. On the American Library Association's website, um, there's a publication called The Idea Book, and it noted that libraries are no longer just, you know, providing resources, but we're also providing life skills to both adults and children as an extension of the school system. So I believe that we play a critical role in providing this type of learning to kids, which brings me to my first question for you, Erin. What role does the library play in providing STEAM learning? 
Well, first, let me agree with you, Rhonda. We are critical to supporting this learning throughout our community. And I think that we play two different roles in STEAM learning. The first role is a very active role. We host programs that encourage students and adults to learn different STEAM skills. We have our maker space, which is at our Michael Kusalaba branch, where you can go in and you go through the whole design thinking process and you, you know, create, you try, you fail, you try again until you get the product that you want. Um, we also have been very lucky to get a STEAM grant from the Ohio Library, State Library through the LSTA program. So we had a STEAM engagement program going through the summer. And we've also done things from very early on that people might not think of when they think of STEAM. We did our Lego League programs, which help kids to, again, use design thinking, the scientific method, and solve a problem through STEAM activities. So those are some of the very active ways that we support STEAM learning. But we also have a passive role to play in supporting STEAM learning, and that is through the resources that you can find in the library. We support schools, and we also just support community members who are interested in furthering their knowledge of STEAM learning. We help teachers find resources to complement the lessons that they're teaching in the classroom, or if they're having students do a research project, we help those students find the resources they may need. We also provide for adults who are looking to learn more about STEAM learning. We we provide online learning services like our Linda Learning uh, package that you can use with your library card. You can find lots of different classes on a variety of different topics. We also have our niche academy classes where you can learn lots of different things and that's all self-directed. So we do a lot actively but we also support passively our, anybody who's interested in STEM learning. That's great, Erin. Um, and I'd like to go back to talk a little bit more about the grant. Um, sure. I know that there was a, an element of family engagement. Can you tell us a little bit about that aspect of the grant and what activities specifically came out of it? Absolutely. So when we were writing the STEAM grant, we were looking at what we thought the challenges that come with STEAM learning might be. And something that became clear as we did a little bit of research, we read things like the idea book and the 2026 STEM report that came out from the US government. There is a fear of STEM learning in adults who have gone through the school system. Uh, you know, STEM classes, science or math, get difficult. And so people say, oh, I can't do that. It's too hard. And then that becomes a mantra that's ingrained. So we wanted to engage the entire family to, first of all, help remove that fear that caregivers might have that they can't help support their student in learning science or math because it's too hard. It's not hard. It's something we do every day without even thinking about it. Um, and so that was one of the reasons why we wanted to do family engagement. The other reason why we wanted to do family engagement is because libraries already know because of story time that parents and caregivers are the first educator for their child. And we know from all of the early literacy studies out there how vitally important it is for parents and caregivers to be a part of that early learning because they are the ones who can help their child engage and see excitement in learning. So we wanted to do a family engagement approach where the whole family is working together because parents could 
get rid of their own fear or misconceptions about science and math, and they could also use what is already a natural bond to encourage their student or their child or their learner in their neighborhood to try these activities. And the activities that we came up with were very simple or very complex, but the main part was you had to work on it together as a family. The simplest one that we got a lot of great feedback on was a paper airplane. Uh, families were challenged to each design a paper airplane and then host a race to see whose could fly the farthest. Uh, and we had a lot of great pictures, a lot of fun response from the families on that one. And then uh, more complex ones that we came up with were, uh, one was a sail car. And it was all about learning motion and how things move. And it was very complex. It required a lot of pieces, screwing, cutting, what have you. And so our librarians took the kit and made it as easy as possible, as, as accessible as possible for the families. And then they could try and build it themselves and follow the challenges that came with the resources that we had given to the families that were in our pilot program. So uh, those were some really simple challenges, some more complex challenges. And then to kind of reinforce that passive learning, we had resource lists so that if you were interested in what are the aerodynamics aerodynamics of a paper airplane, you could go to the library or go to our website and explore that a little bit more. Or if you were interested in the, uh, the motion aspects of the sail car, there were some books to support that. One of the other really popular activities was a solar oven made out of a pizza box. And we had families who tried the challenge, which was to roast s'mores in your pizza oven, and they enjoyed it and they had a great time. And then we had one family who continued to see what else they could cook in the solar oven, and they shared that with us. So that was the goal of the grant, to get families thinking and then to have them take it and explore it even farther in their everyday life. And that's what family engagement is all about sharing something with families, asking them for feedback, taking that feedback and making sure we put that into the future programming so that we're responding to and reinforcing what families are telling us they need. So Erin, um, I know that in November we'll be having different activities available uh, on our website, which is www.librivisit.org. Um, how is the library continuing to build on the success of the pilot program? So we were very grateful to the families who participated in our pilot program. They responded to weekly surveys to let us know what was working, what wasn't working, and what they might like to see moving forward. And so based on what they've shared with us, we want to take the lessons that we've learned from them and make them more widely available through our website. So we already offer regular literacy tips, early literacy tips through our website and our story times. And we're going to do that with STEM learning now through our family STEM learning page. We're going to offer weekly early STEM tips or STEM tips in general that provide a way for families to engage in STEM learning in their everyday life. Uh, I hope I'm not stealing any of the thunder of those tips by sharing an example, but one of the examples that one of our librarians came up with is uh, when you're at the grocery store, if you go to the grocery store as a group right now, no, not a lot of people are doing that, but uh, if you go to the grocery store as a group, try and have younger children guess what the total of the grocery store bill might be by having them uh, try and estimate and round things up. And then if you've got an older child, make sure they don't have their cell phone calculator out, but try and get them to do it as an actual total rather than a rounding total. Um, so that's a simple way that you can say, well, what do you think our grocery bill will be? 
and talk about how many things you need in the grocery store, how many apples you need for recipes, just bringing math into everyday conversation. You might already do it with the kids in your life without even realizing it, but that's a great way to keep math learning going all year round. Um, so we'll be providing that on a weekly basis. And then we're also going to put up each month activities that you can do at home, simple activities that you can do at home. Starting in November, we're going to do biology themed activities. So look for things that challenge you to explore the biological world, be that human anatomy or maybe natural world. Lots of fun things, and you can look for that starting on November 1st on our STEAM page. And I think you had more to your question, and I don't remember what it was. So if you'll ask me again, I'll be happy to explore more. Well, the end of that was just how the library how the library continue to build on the success of the pilot program? Okay. So in addition to doing those really fun things on our website starting in November, we're also exploring the idea of make and take STEM activity bags. We currently offer uh, make and take craft kits for kids, teens, and adults, but we know that STEM experiments and STEM learning were really popular with the pilot group. So starting in January, we're going to try and offer these kits through our branches that are open. You can also request them through curbside, but that'll be starting in January. So keep an eye on our website or maybe here in the podcast, we'll mention when those are gonna be ready for the public. But we wanna keep going with the things that we learned in the STEM group and keep encouraging our community to explore developing their own STEM skills. That sounds great, Erin. Um, and I'd like to talk a little bit more abstractly about beyond the library, what do you think are some of the benefits to the broader community of promoting STEAM? So I've already mentioned the STEM 2026 report from the U.S. government, and one of the things that struck me when I was doing the research for the grant that we got was the fact that this report from our federal government talks about the fact that to remain competitive as a worldwide economic power, we need to make sure that people are developing STEM skills because the economy is built on STEM skills. When you think about manufacturing jobs even, which we've... Uh, you know, not seen a lot of in this area, but it's something that people have done in the past and would like to do again. It requires more than just basic knowledge of certain things. You need to understand machinery. You need to understand the technology that you're working with. You also need to understand uh, the mechanical skills and the science and math skills that go into, I need to do X number of things in this many minutes to get this done to meet my production quota. So there's a lot of economic reason. There are many economic reasons. Sorry for my poor grammar there. There are many economic reasons why STEM is important to our community. It's the future job skills for people to earn money and bring money back into our community and support themselves and support our community. We also know that computers are not going anywhere. And so combining the science and technology of computers with the art aspect is a vital way to continue to grow different aspects of our community's appreciation for art. We ourselves have tried to do a few art shows through technology and it's challenging. So having those basic skills to be able to participate in those kinds of things are very important to the future of the arts going forward. And as you mentioned so ably at the beginning of the chat, Mallory, when you explore art and how it impacts math, 
or how science and technology are related. It actually activates different parts of your brain so that your skills are growing, you're making memories. It's kind of like with early literacy, we no longer look at it as, okay, here's the phonetical sound for that word, now you know how to read. We look at it as a whole spectrum of skills you need to develop to be able to read. You need to know how to write, you need to know how to draw, you need to know how to scribble. You can't draw until you can scribble. You can't write until you can draw. So there's a spectrum of skills that you have to develop to become literate. You know, talking is a key part of that. Listening is a key part of that. And STEM is the same way. Understanding math is a key part of STEM learning, of STEAM learning. Understanding math is a key part of learning how to draw. So perspective and, um, I'm sorry, I'm on a soapbox here. I could go on and on. Um, but so math and science, technology, engineering, and art all combine to give you the skills that you need to be a successful individual in an academic setting and also in a work setting. You know, as of today, I think most workers have to use a computer every day and understanding some of the basic functions behind that makes you more successful in that career. I definitely agree. And another thing that I'd like to touch on in that vein is that STEAM learning definitely promotes discovery. And it can also give learners a sense of agency because they're encouraged to learn by trial and error. They are experimenting with new solutions. And then to take STEM into STEAM, including the arts, allows for more open-ended exploration. And that's really core to that concept of STEAM learning. And problem solving is another core concept. Mm -hmm. um, the design process in engineering is open-ended. It allows continuous improvement on designs so that you can better solve specific problems. And that absolutely can extend into folks' jobs and improving overall work production. Um, One of the things that we're really lucky about here at the library is that we can support connected learning in a way that the schools can't necessarily. They have, and understandably so, they have 26 people they have to get going in the same direction. Here at the library, we can support the exploration of one person's personal interests and how it relates to STEM. And we can support them in exploring down this avenue that might not go anywhere and then redirecting into this other avenue. So that's one of the things that makes the library a really great supporter of STEM learning. And it's one of the reasons why STEM in libraries is something ALA supports. So STEAM is so vital to our economy because as that STEM 2026 report that I've mentioned a couple of times now talks about, STEM skills are vital to the worldwide economy moving forward. And so by helping support our community in developing STEM skills, we are future-proofing our area as the economy continues to change and become more technology-based, more computer-based. Um, and through things like connected learning, which the library can do so ably, we are encouraging people to explore their own interests in the library. If you are a student who is interested in robotics, we've got the Lego League, which lets you come in and you take a challenge as a group and you develop skills to work collaboratively to explore something that requires you to think mathematically about how many Legos do I need to develop this suggested piece of equipment that we might need to survive on Mars. So using that group think technology 
learning to collaborate together, but also using the STEM skills while you collaborate is something that the library brings to STEM learning. And uh, as you described in your definition of STEM, it takes all kinds of different learning disciplines and combines them and brings them together. And by supporting that, we're helping people to develop not only those hard skills like knowing how to use a computer, knowing how to use Excel, knowing how to, you know, uh, download a PDF and change it to this other thing. We're also helping to develop those soft skills that businesses constantly say are the key to a person's success in the job market. So being able to collaborate with others, being able to learn from failures, being able to develop new skills and adapt to an ever-changing environment is what you learn in STEM activities. Uh, your definition of STEM and the way that it interacts really calls to mind, again, to just bring it up, connected learning, and the fact that in the library, we can connect you with those things that are of interest. Um, I'll use the Makerspace as a great example. If you're interested in making those Yeti mugs with glitter all over them, you can learn how to do that in our Makerspace. And it doesn't seem like STEM to maybe the average person who doesn't think about STEM learning on a daily basis, but you're going in there, you're learning how a new technology combines with math to measure your mug and get the printout right on our vinyl cutter so that you can print that out and wrap it around the mug without bubbles or issues. And I have not tried it myself, it's very complex, but we've got a great team over at the Michael Kusalaba branch led by our technology specialist, Sam Schneider, who can help you figure out how that's all going to work. Our makerspace just reopened in early October and we've got our training online that tells you all about the different machinery that you can use. So if you're interested, definitely check out the makerspace section of our website and you could take the online training and be set to go if you want to visit the MK location and use the makerspace yourself. You do have to finish the orientation and sign all the paperwork before you can join the fun. Okay, and, and as you mentioned, our makerspace technologies, it's definitely, definitely a great way to engage in a ton of STEAM activities. So we want to encourage you to visit, you know, our website and just check out, you know, even STEAM books for all ages. And so we hope that you visit our website so that you can get involved in STEAM learning. And Erin, we want to thank you for joining us today and providing us with so much valuable information for how the library plays an important part in supporting STEAM learning. And we'd also like to thank our listeners today for joining us. And we hope you join us again next month for another episode of our Library Anywhere podcast. And bye for now. Thank you for joining us this month at PLYMC's Library Anywhere podcast. And make sure to visit our website at www.librayvisit.org where you can always find more great things the library offers. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, please tell a friend. Also, check our Instagram feed or follow us on Facebook at Library Mahoning County or find us on Twitter or YouTube at PLYMC. And be sure to tune in next month for our next episode. And thanks for listening.